G'day guys, Luke Fly on the Wall Podcast. Just poured myself a vino. Waiting on the call from Big Waz. Let me have a sip. <sighs> Delicious. I like a red wine. I like a white wine as well. I like any wine. I like any alcohol. Let's be honest. Um, I am a beer man though. I don't mind fluffy boutique beers, you know, with a sprinkling of cinnamon or orange zest or some shit. But I don't know, call me call me simple, but I like beer to taste like beer. Uh, if I wanted to, you know, taste the rainforest, I'd run into the forest and lick the earth, uh, which could be quite a disturbing visual. Uh, yeah. So, welcome to 119, episode 119. Unbelievable. This is, we've supplied you guys with so many hours of listening pleasure, all for free. Neither of us charge. Um... Warren, I mean, Warren's day job, he charges $150 an hour for his night job. Um, only $20 an hour, though, because he lacks confidence. He, I'm always sort of saying, mate, you need to put your prices up. You are a beautiful lady of the night, and you could definitely earn 40 50 bucks an hour. But I think maybe he's um, probably too modest, you know, too too shy. I don't know what it is. Uh, but he won't. He won't put those those prices up. I mean, um, he's offering wristies and blowies and all sorts of stuff, everything you can imagine. 20 bucks, that's all, my, that's all he charges. <laughs> Maybe he thinks his head is going to put people off, when, so he has to lower his prices. But I'm like, nah, man, that's a fetish for a lot of people. A lot of people love a big head, you know. <sighs> Where are you, big ones? Come on, mate. Eight thirty-four, mate. I better check my messages. Sometimes he messages me and says, "Sorry, mate. oh, there you go." <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. No, he's just needed to uh, sort out his kids. So that's fine. We'll come back in a little while with big walls. <laughs> One, and we're back in. <laughs> Hello! Big Waz has joined the show. Um, How you going, guys? You all right? You, uh, you asking me or the people at home? Everybody, mate, you included. How you going, eh, right, guys? Well, look, I, I've got to be honest with you, Warren. It would be, it would be helpful. <laughs> um, you remember uh, a little while ago, hang on, let me just see if I can turn you up a bit. Do you remember a little oh, yeah. while ago I had a head injury? Yes, mate. Oh, dear. Um, Well, today uh, I had the day off because I did the homeschooling with the little one. And um, I thought, oh, you know, after after we've done the schooling, I'll take her down to the park. Yes. I like the park. I like taking the kids there. Um, It's always a bit of fun. I always get them to do, like, obstacle challenges and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I quite enjoy myself. And I obviously act the fool just to make their little faces light up. Yeah. uh, I am 42, though, so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, we climbed uh, climbed up the slide, off she went, she went down, and then I thought, I know what I'll do to impress her, I will, like, dive down, head first down the slide, down, oh, the, down, the, down the tube, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so, executed it perfectly, I've got to say, it was a 10, it was definitely a 10, <laughs> but... As I, as my sort of dismount stomach, no, no, stomach and chest sort of made contact with the slide at the top, yeah. um, I did feel a weird crunch in my ribs, 
And uh, uh, pretty certain I've got a fractured rib, and it's progressively got worse over the over the afternoon. Um, I did push on because I'm an idiot. Um, and uh, <laughs> and you did the monkey bars, the uh, the treadmill, <laughs> the seesaw, um, the swings. Yeah, okay. I spent the afternoon working on the shed, but we'll talk about yeah, that later. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. But yeah, yep. it's, um, yeah. I, uh, the lovely wife um, did strap an ice pack to my my chest with uh, with, right. with her dressing gown cord, which is pink, okay. which is actually pink, which is nice. Um, yeah. And it was all right. Like I tried to sit down and eat dinner and was a bit uncomfortable. Then I sat down to do a bit of research for the podcast. It was a little bit uncomfortable, but not too bad. Then I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of a lay down because, right. like I said, 42, so I need a bit of a nana nap every now and then. Yeah. And, yep. yeah, it was in excruciating pain. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't move. I was like, oh, my God. And then any, any direction I moved was excruciating pain. Managed to somehow get to my feet, and that's when the wife walked in. She goes, uh, you all right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So, what have you done to yourself? But then uh, a bit of experimenting and I found that I can lay on my right side, which is how I oh. sleep anyway. So that's, you know, small mercies, I suppose. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Great. So, so uh, happy days. Now, I'm not one. I'm not a big fan of doctors. Uh, <laughs> so I looked it up, of course, on Google. Uh, yeah. the most self-diagnosed. Trust- He's the most accurate. Oh yeah, the diagnosed. most trustworthy doctor of all time is Doctor <laughs> Google, and uh, it said recovery time. So the symptoms are pretty spot on. Uh, recovery right. time can be up to about two months, but it will heal itself. So I kind of like that. I thought, yeah, yeah, that's right. Our bodies are that clever that they'll heal themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing it's probably, yes, it'll heal itself. Yes, I'm sure Dr. Google in this case was correct. Did it say anything about the level of activity that you should be pursuing uh, in that time frame? It specifically said continue to work and make sure you finish the shed. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I've got this... I've got this uncanny suspicion that uh, you'll be doing exactly the same stuff. Perhaps not diving headlong down a slide. I think. I think. But the, pretty much that's it. I think the diving down slides are in my past now. They're long yeah. behind me now. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it funny yeah. how you know you do? You start getting to an age where you go, oh, I I can't do that. And now I've obviously. I've been mate. I've been doing that since I was fifteen. So yeah, you know, <laughs> as you as we all remember. Well, I think a lot of people. Um, know themselves better than I do. So they would have looked at the slide and gone, I'm just going to tackle this the normal way. But me, I think, I can I'll do this. And then lo and behold, I hurt myself. So, yeah, but good times, uh, well, good times all look, It obviously could have been a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but, yes, probably not the best decision you've made today and perhaps not even in the last couple of months. But... Uh, yeah, keep on battling, mate. On a positive note, though, uh, the youngest child did like what I did. She was right. like, oh, cool, Dad. Like, what, what yeah, that's, that's right. Am <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I still your favourite person? Do it again, Dad. Like, no, nah, no, nah, we, we better go home and have a bath. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, dear, oh, dear, mate. But it's good to hear that you're still talking and breathing. So yeah, that's no, great. I'm still keeping. You didn't still drown on your own blood, so nah, that's always nah, a plus. Nah, nah. Um, okay, so I've got a, I've got a couple of stories to, or a couple of things to discuss with you, kind sir. Here, um, mate. Here. Fractured rib being the first key point. Um, okay. Second one is uh, He-Man. Now, He-Man, or well, I should say, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Um, it's just been released on Netflix. If you're not familiar with it, it's a uh, basically a brand new He-Man cartoon. 
Um, I'm not sure how many seasons it's going to be running for, but they've released the first season on Netflix, which is I've only watched the first two episodes with my youngest daughter. And, what do you um, think, mate? Well, look, to be honest, I'm loving it. I think, I think um, what I'm really loving is seeing my daughter's face. So she's really enjoying herself, really enjoying the characters, and she particularly likes Skeletor, which is cool. Um, and I think for me... That's the the most important thing is seeing that she's really enjoying it and she's got the same look of like uh, amusement and amazement on her face as I imagine I did when I was that age watching the original <laughs> He-Mans. Um, yes. And then the second part for me is the nostalgia uh, aspect of it because, um, you know, it's still got like Trapjaw and Beastman and, you know, uh, Attila and, and Cringer and Battlecat and blah, blah, blah. So it's got all these iconic characters that I kind of grew up with in the first quarter of my life. Um yeah, so I, I'm enjoying it, but this, the unfortunate thing is um, seeing on Instagram how much hate, and I don't. Oh, really? I don't use that word lightly, but there's a lot of hate out there. I'm guessing it's a lot of sort of middle-aged, uh, neckbeard type Terrorists. dudes who live yeah. with their mums. But you know, like <laughs> I, and I a lot of, again, they're always causing drama. Exactly. A lot. Of, I think a lot. Like a lot of the comments I read were like, "This is a pile of crap," and it's all about Teeler, and it's too woke, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, because it is uh, so far. I'm like I said, I'm only into episode. I've only just finished episode two. So, so far, yes, the story arc is more based on more following Teela, but I don't know. I sort of think, who cares? It's still refreshing. Well, not enough, not enough um, Ripley buffed men, you know, half-dressed. Well, them. yeah, I guess, I guess He-Man. The is won over, yeah. Yeah, I guess He-Man is the thing, you know, that people love so much and especially die-hard, you know, old veterans like myself but i don't know i don't know what it says about me but i'm i'm enjoying it i i'm just sort of lost in the nostalgia and also like i said watching the little one her eyes light up and she like you know because we watched some of the original ones first before the release of the revelation and yeah. uh, now she's walking around the house going he man <laughs> which is awesome Actually, i have i have an important question to ask about it um, because I did know it was coming out, and uh, I haven't actually watched it as yet. But I have a, a very important question. Yeah. Prince Adam. Yep. Does he still favour the, uh, the the pastel pink, purple, and the white uh, clothing of yesteryear as his main ensemble? Yeah, he's definitely uh, still quite camp in that regard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, he definitely likes that. But the interesting thing is in this version, um, he's a lot smaller. So in the um, oh. the originals, it, in <laughs> yep. the originals, it was, you could see, it was He-Man. Skin tight, yeah, in a different stuff. In a different outfit, yeah. But in yeah. this one, it's still you can still see because he's still got the blonde bob. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he's a, he cuts a smaller figure, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But it's okay. Well, that's important. That's that's very important. And it's funny that you said that you've been watching. The, well, you've watched the two episodes of that with uh, your youngest, because um, last week and just totally randomly, I watched the first episode of Astro Boy with my youngest too. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, my youngest actually really liked it on YouTube. Is we, it? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We we were singing the theme song. And <laughs> So it was good, and it's pretty dark. It's actually a fairly dark episode. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to sing us the? I'm not familiar with the first song. <laughs> no, do you want to I don't know. No, even if I knew the song, which I don't, I won't be singing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more got the music too. I think um, it's got that kind of 
uh, 80s synth pop kind of uh, soundtrack, which just makes all the difference. Yeah, that's cool. And and did you feel the same sort of thing as me? Like it was cool to see your kids enjoying it, but you also had the nostalgia moment? Of course. Yeah. Of course. That's yeah, yeah. Always felt that way, and, and He-Man is probably the biggest one for me that gets me feeling that way because of it's just had that certain tone about it, and the theme song certainly did it. And um, yeah, it, it still it still makes me feel a little bit nostalgic and uh, yeah, reminiscent. Yeah, I'm I'm also excited because like I've tried GI Joes, I've tried Star Wars, and no yeah. one's interested. You know, whereas finally yeah, I found something. You're just going to try and find any angle. <laughs> yeah, finally I found something that the youngest is like, this is cool. And, like, she's asking me, when are we going to watch He-Man again, Dan? I'm like, yeah, we will, we will. I've got to build a shed, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so that's uh, so that's super exciting. Um, and, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to fight the good fight and sort of wave the flag and say, listen, guys, just, you know, go and shave your neck and relax <laughs> and give it a go. Give it a red hot go. One, one guy said he's watched all, like, watched five episodes in and he's lost the will to live uh, right. <laughs> yeah so I well, think I've got a suggestion mate just don't <laughs> yeah. watch it oh my Why suggestion is take your own life then <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe um, not as constructive Another go thing and throw I've... yourself off a slide or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a real man yeah um, that's right <laughs> i got a question for you okay do you know what homophones are Warren uh, are they phones? Are they are they, are they homosexual phones? <laughs> that's that's exactly the assumption I made when I was doing <laughs> the schooling with my daughter this morning. Um, okay, something it, to do with words, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, on the schedule this morning was uh, um, learn about homophones, and I was like, "Come again?" And I thought that's what he probably said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "What now?" So we learned together that homophones are words that sound the same but are spelt different. So like break and break, or eight and eight, and him and him, stuff like that. Now you never heard you've never heard of that in the past. I think what's happened has is that we probably did know that when we were at school, and then it immediately went out of our brain, yeah. and we just started thinking that it was a gay phone. Yeah, we were just giggling ever and, since. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, ah, 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 my phone. What do they do with the phones? <laughs> yeah, but it just uh, it did give me a little chuckle when in. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, you learn something every day. That's good, mate. Modern education, you can't beat it. That's right. What are we talking about tonight, Big Warren? Well, it probably seems a little formal now. I feel like the tone, because of your broken ribs. No, and your, um, Of course you are, mate. There's, <laughs> there's no fear and there's no hurt. There's That's no right. pain. That's right. There's nothing at all. You're absolutely A-OK. I just like, um, I like bringing everyone's attention to it, but then yeah. telling everyone, I'm OK, though, guys. I'm OK. Don't ask me again. <laughs> don't, don't assume I'm hurting or anything. Yeah. Um, we thought we would talk about and uh, just, you know, serve ourselves a little bit. No, but we're interested in the the countries that come up on our analytical aspect in Anchor. Um, and it's just amazing to see the list of, of different countries that so actually just, make it. So just explain that for the layman. Okay, so the analytics of it basically give us a little rundown of roughly the percentage of listeners that come from different countries. Now... 
not obviously, but of course, I guess English-speaking countries are going to dominate the top of that field. But also, we do have some others that pop into the list, and there's quite a number. And so, just as a matter of, of interest, and look, Luke and I, there's probably a couple of things you could say about us. Some of them not very nice. One of them is we're not particularly learned when it comes to other cultures and uh, and countries, and we're probably not going to be any more educated after tonight either. But we thought we would just discuss each of those countries over the next couple of weeks um, yeah, and have a little, you know, a couple of interesting facts, maybe a couple of little weird stories and see how we go. Now, on the surface of things, it sounds boring as batshit. But yes. <laughs> probably the way I sold it. But when, no, 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 not at all, not at all. Are you talking about countries? But, <laughs> if you spoke like that, that would definitely be your fault, yeah. But no, no, but, but when I have done some research, I've actually found some quite interesting and funny little things here and there. Some One, one story uh, is actually very, very dark, but I still felt the need to want to share it. But um, Excellent. But, yeah, the others are just interesting. So I'm actually quite excited. So we're going to do this over the next few weeks? Well, yeah, just so we don't overload our listeners with uh, random information or, yeah. you know, throw everyone into the same bucket. Tonight we thought we would do two. So we have the Philippines and the Czech Republic. Nice. Or, as it's apparently now known, uh, Chechia, I'm thinking is it's pronounced uh, that way. yeah, yeah, I've heard Chechia, yep. Uh, yeah, I have not. Oh, okay. I've, yeah, no, I've, I've not heard that phrase. I've heard, I've heard Chechen and I've heard Chechia as well. Yeah, but I actually thought Chechen was uh, when they talk about rebel, like Chechen rebels. Oh. I don't, I didn't think they were talking like. Well, I'm, I think I'm confusing two completely different geographic parts of the world. Um, so there you go, Chech- guys. Uh, that's how educated yeah. this episode's going to be. <laughs> Just a taste of what's to come. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> but even at the Olympics, I'm sure it said the Czech Republic. Oh, okay. So I don't know what's going on. Well, the Olympians would know. Uh, let's would. go let's to a them. short break and come back with boring as batshit information <laughs> about countries. <laughs> Hello, comrades. It is Yuri Goganov here. I from Czechorovka, Siberia. I like hunt beer. I like sing songs of revolution, and I like drink vodka. I also like listen to how you say fly on vol podcast on shortwave radio. Make me laugh like when Putin wear no shirt. <laughs> it's glorious like days of Sputnik and great patriotic war. Make me happy to be Soviet. That's Vidania. So should we start with the Czech Republic big was? Yeah, why not, mate? All right, do you want to shoot your lucky beans first or shall I? Uh, you are welcome to if you'd like. I was just going to say briefly. Yeah. Czech Republic borders Germany, Poland, Slovakia and Austria and its capital is Prague. Oh, yeah, I knew the Prague part. I didn't know the rest. Well, you know, let's assume that everyone has never heard of the Czech Republic. Yeah. Because, like us. We have no idea. So we... <laughs> yeah, unless there's a, a Czech Republican historian 
listening listening out there, I think we're pretty safe to continue. Uh, we could probably just make up our load of bullshit. No one's going to check our facts. Hello to our Czech Republican historians out there. Yeah, he's the one percent that's listening. <laughs> because did you know, like mathematics, um, the word spooge is actually an international word. Is it really? Well, yeah. there you go. All well, right. Hit me with a fact, mate. No worries. The humble sugar cube, Warren. Yes. Swiss citizen Jacob Christoph Rad came to, I'm going to struggle with some of the words, came to De Cicci from Vienna in order to become the director of local sugar refinery. Mr. Rad, which I love his name, was, <laughs> was highly technically skilled and right away started the modernization of the factory. However, inspiration for the biggest change he undertook in the refinery came from an un- unexpected source. Rad's wife, Juliana, her name was also awesome, uh, just like the other housewives all around the world, struggled with the inconvenient shape which sugar was processed, usually in the shape of cones or hats or loaves, like a loaf of bread. Okay. For practical use at home, these sugar loaves had to be cut into smaller pieces with a cutter or a knife. (laughs) Injuries were not rare and it was not common to... Not uncommon to hear painful screams from the kitchen because it was obviously very tough as well. It was like a rock, you know what I mean? Something. Who like, would have ever thought it? No, yeah, I didn't know sugar came like that at all. Um, something like that happened one day of summer 1841 when angry Juliana came to her husband with a bandage on her hand. Look what happened to me. Those damned sugar loaves. Next time I or one of the daughters can cut off the whole finger... Is that not possible to invent something smaller, she claimed. After about three months, Rad came to his wife and said, Juliana, I have a gift for you, something you have wished for a very long time. He showed her a small box with some 350 sugar cubes inside. That's wonderful, darling, Juliana rejoiced, sweetening with such small pieces will be a joy. Can I, can I, firstly, I'd like to comment uh, and praise you for your uh, Czech dialect. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just felt like there would be more like the royal family in England. <laughs> I sold it to me. I'll buy a sugar cube on any day. <laughs> yeah. So how's that though? Sugar cubes invented in, in Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> that is- Interesting, and, and probably the most interesting part is, yeah, that they sold them in loaves, cones, rocks. And bolts. hats. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hat-shaped one. That's weird. So I wonder how you buy it. Do you buy it in, like, a sack, I wonder, or, like, a some sort of, like, wrapped up in, pl- um, like, a piece of paper? Or what yeah, the maybe, was- maybe, like, you know how they'd get coal delivered? Maybe you got rocks of sugar <laughs> delivered as well. Yeah, well, at least you've got plenty of stock, I suppose. It's just a bastard to break it all up. Yeah, and obviously, like she said, you know, people constantly cutting themselves on it. So I'd I'd probably say just be a bit more careful. But then, I mean, that's someone who's saying that who's jumped down a slide today and fractured his rib. That's right, mate. And, I mean, if someone said to you, no, the only way to make toast is to slice it carefully. <laughs> I'd just slide down a slide at that yeah. moment. Yeah. Lauren, I'll just go. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've got any other inventions there, mate, but I had a couple of other important Czech inventions. Go for it. Uh, they also invi- invented the lightning rod. Oh, okay. Yep. The, is that the? That's the name of um, 
what do you call it? Uh, that sex toy that Usain Bolt uses. <laughs> yeah, it's a sex toy. That's it. This is also a sex toy. The screw propeller. Oh wow! Okay, yep. <laughs> so that somebody invented that. The is that the the screw propeller? Is that the one that goes on top of kids' hats in cartoons? And possibly even on boats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, definitely on kids' hats. That's it's a, a Chetian thing. Um, Semtex explosive. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Wow, that's cool. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good I one. Lenses. You what? Contact lenses. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that somewhere on my journeys. Yeah, that's cool. And didn't they do something with nylon as well? Possibly, mate. Yeah. Maybe they tied the uh, lightning rod sex toy on with it. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Okay. Is that all you've got? No, no. Is that your piece of information there? I've got a I, – I thought it was going to go back and forth. So. yeah. yeah. Yep. I was adding to it. I've got a few, uh, I guess, short facts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Let's shoot off some short facts in. Okay. It has the highest beer consumption. Ah, oh, that was one of my short facts, but that's okay. Let's go. World. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and the first brewery was actually established there in, well, 1842, not, just as a guess. Actually, nine nine three AD. Oh, Okay. So a very long time ago. Wow, that is a very long time ago. Uh, they did the. They came up with the first pale lager, Pilsner Urquell, uh, and that was brewed in Czech city of Pilsen in 1842. Well, there you go, mate. Well, see, the actual details of it have kind of lost to me, but you like beer, so I love my beer. Um, isn't it funny because Australians uh, Australians uh, often sort of wave the flag to say we're the big beer drinking country, which we are. We definitely we're definitely one of the forerunners, that's for sure. Uh, we're definitely in the race, but um, but yeah, little did we know that the Czech Republic number one, and obviously Germany as well, was another beer big beer drinking um, nation. I think they make more noise about it with their, you know, Oktoberfest and everything like that. Yeah. It's all the Czech stuff, mate. They yeah, love it. That's right. The, they're the underdog, really, aren't they? The Czechs. Yeah, they're doing well. Did they, did they invent checkers by any chance? Change <laughs> <laughs> of spelling, but possibly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just talking about the Czechs and, you know, the, how good they are, they are ranked the sixth safest place on earth. Oh, okay, that's cool, yeah. To live. So, so so low is their crime statistics per um, capita. But, yeah, ranked six in the world what's up no- against every other country. What's number one, do you know? I don't fucking know, mate. I'm looking at... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Sorry, I'm distracting you there. <laughs> I'd say it's probably something like Liechtenstein or or Sweden or something like that. Oh, yeah, some namby-pamby, soft, bloody <laughs> place. <laughs> Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, and only 19% of them believe in God. Oh, okay, yep. And possibly why it's the sixth safest place on earth to live. Yeah, right. Because people like to argue about stuff with religion and stuff, so they can get drunk with as much beer as they like and they don't have to worry about, you know, religion. So- I, did, I did read somewhere actually while I was doing my research that they are uh, very humble people. I was looking up like their cultural differences and stuff like that, and um, yeah, they're very humble people. They're they're quite happy to talk about simple things like the weather. Um, they don't like getting too heavy with their discussions. So I think you're right. I think yeah, they probably avoid uh, discussions of religion and politics and stuff like that, and just get pissed and uh, have have a few sugar cubes. <laughs> that's 
like, sounds like a great Sunday afternoon. They, they sound very much like my type of people, actually. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, back to you, mate, if you want to throw us a couple of things. All right, well, this one's a very dark one, and then we'll go to a, uh, a break, I think, because you might need some time with this one. It is very dark, so apologies for anyone listening who doesn't like dark kind of stories, but um, you can always press that 15-second skip button and go over this part. Okay, Martin Rohuck was a Czech soldier, later a robber and serial killer with the alleged highest number of victims in the Czech lands. He came from Velkabites. With his robbery group, he murdered 59 people between 1568 and 1571. After the war with Turkey, Rohuck and a band of other soldiers and mercenaries preyed upon merchants along lonely roads, robbing them of gold, garments and food. The first lot of murders were said of said to have been by accident, but then it appears that the gang took a liking to killing. They would ambush unsuspecting travellers, kill them and rob them. Their cruelty towards victims steadily increased and on one occasion, this is the very dark part, they murdered three pregnant women, carved four fruit shapes into them, cut out the hearts, lungs and liver of the unborn children, which they later cooked and ate. They believed it would give them courage and strength to murder more. Eventually, the gang was rounded up and many were executed within days of their capture. The ruling of Martin Rohuck was delivered on February 7th, 1571. It was as cruel as the accused owns crimes. At first, his phalanges of fingers were gradually removed at the pillory and then he was brought to the execution site where he had his body torn with pliers. Next, all of his limbs would be shuffled around him, finally being entangled on the braking wheel, awaiting death. The sentence, the, sentence, the sentence was carried out by Bruno, executioner on the convict and, his six, and six other assistants on February 17th, 1571. Okay. Yeah, pretty dark, but I just, I don't know, I found it interesting that he has the biggest number in the Czech Republic of 59 kills to his name. That's a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, so really, he was sort of a, a brigand. Like, he had a bit of a gang, and, and they were a criminal gang. Yeah, but brigand always makes me think of, like, a Zorro-type character, you know? I think this guy was a monster. Like, just, I don't know. I don't know. I know what you're saying. That's exactly what he is. But I don't know. It's almost got a bit of a romance to that word, but I just right, think he was a sadistic okay? prick. He's a fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> That's much better. Less, okay. less romantic. <laughs> All right, we'll go to a uh, we'll go to a good, bad, ugly, and then we'll come back with more information about Czech Republic. <laughs> okay. G'day guys, welcome to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly and The Weird. This week I'm focusing on good 
Haven't had a good one for a while, I don't think. Um, now, because recently Big Was and I have been talking about animal encounters and things like that, I did stumble across this story but um, didn't add it to the animal encounters episode um, only because it wasn't really funny or anything like that. It was, yeah, it was just a nice story and I just thought I'd save it for a good, bad, ugly. Um, so this basically is about a dog that rescues a baby who was buried alive in a field in Thailand. A dog in northern northern Thailand nearly said Ireland. A dog in northern Thailand has rescued a newborn baby after it was buried alive. Now, bear in mind this is back in 2019. Allegedly buried by its teenage mother. That's very sad. The baby boy is said to have been abandoned by his mother, who was 15, to hide her pregnancy from her parents. Ping Pong, the dog, was barking and digging in a field in Ban Nong Kham village. Its owner says he then noticed the baby's leg sticking out of the earth. Locals rushed the baby to hospital where doctors cleaned him up and declared he was healthy. Ping Pong's owner, Usa Nasaki, says it lost the use of its one leg after being hit by a car. Oh, that's sad. He told Kassod newspaper, I kept him because he's so loyal and obedient and always helps me out when I go to the fields to tend to my cattle. He's loved by the entire village. It's amazing. The newborn's mother has been charged with child abandonment and attempted murder. That's that's a bit sad. Well, not that she's been charged, but that she obviously felt at such an end that that was her only option. You know, that's uh, that's horrible. Panuwat Patukam, an officer at Chum Fuang Police Station, told Bangkok Post she was now in the care of her parents and a psychologist. That's probably what she really needs. He said she regrets her actions greatly. The parents have decided to, to raise the baby as their own. So a good story there for you guys. A um, little bit sad about the, the teenage mum, but obviously she regrets her decisions and looks like she's getting the help she needs um yeah so that's it for this week i'll see you next week guys bye it's the fly on the wall motherfucking podcast so the good thing warren about being in a lot of pain is that um the consumption of alcohol tends to ease it so i'm on my third wine for the evening Excellent. And it's uh, going down a treat, actually. That's good, mate. That's good. So we'll keep movement and laughing down to an absolute... <laughs> oh, yeah. Because every time I laugh, I'm is excruciating pain. Oh. Okay, so over to you with the check stuff. you got a few more for us. Okay, so, um, well, actually, this one's sort of more general knowledge, but I hadn't heard of this before, unless you brought it up and I've forgotten. Um, in my readings about the Czech Republic... It said that this particular punishment has been quite pivotal in the history of the nation over the years. Okay. Have you ever heard of defenestration before? Defenestration? Yeah, defenestration. No. Doesn't ring a bell at all. It sounds like a word we should all know. Like it just sounds, it's easy to say, you know, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. It's a bit like deforestation. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. (laughs) <laughs> but it actually means to be thrown out of a window. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I've experienced it. Well, that's right. I was going to say, you you are actually a veteran of defenestration. <laughs> so does that mean my sister is a defenestrator? A defenestrator. Defenestrator, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh,
Yeah, so it's been thrown out of a window. And a particular incident of defenestration occurred that was the, I guess, the spark that's, that uh, fired off the 30 Years' War. Oh, okay. So they actually threw, like, a whole... A group of politicians out of a window as like a, a particular punishment, which I think they survived, but because of the, I guess, the after effects of the situation and what it actually was. Yeah, and it, the, the dishonour of all of it. Yeah, I guess so. It sparked this thing, but I just thought, what a strange and very specific punishment that is, and it's even got a name. You know what's uh, what just came to mind actually on that and that kind of ilk is you know when someone would challenge someone to a duel and yes. they would walk over to him and slap them in the face with a glove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A glove. <laughs> imagine if you're imagine if me and you just sitting at the pub, we played some pool, we're having a drink, and then a, <laughs> a bloke just comes over and his wife beat a singlet, you know, and and stonewashed jeans, and yeah. then just takes out a glove and like a cotton glove and just slaps you gently across the face. <laughs> I I challenge you, sir, to a duel. What would you do? Tomorrow morning at the morn. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try and think of the most poetic line I could. <laughs> yeah. Say, you, sir, shall perish at my hand. <laughs> How very dare you. Yeah. <laughs> I see you on the morrow. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all honesty, what would you actually do if someone came over and slapped you with a glove and said, I want to fight you? I'd say, why did you fucking hit me with a glove? Because that's making my point of, yep, this is this is how we're going to rumble today. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd want to ask all these establishing questions. Like, okay, why me? Have I done something to irk you? Yeah, and I'd be like, so did you go and buy the glove or is it one you already had or what? Like, is it a silken glove? Is it your mum's glove? Is it, is it like a baseball mitt glove? <laughs> what's, what's going on with the glove? Have you duelled with others using this club to start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's notorious for it at that particular pub. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've met Kevin. He likes to... <laughs> oh, it's painful, Warren. Painful. <laughs> painful when I laugh, but it's funny when I laugh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's always picking up on strangers. <laughs> Ah, Kevin's a worry. Jesus. Thank God uh, Kevin, and he's always challenging people. Yeah, yeah he's I'll... been watching too much Blackadder or something. I don't know. <laughs> it only happens later in the evening after a couple of, of heavy ports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just starts getting riled. Like, this guy's looking at me funny. I'm going to get the glove out on this guy. And all his, all his foppish, dandy friends in, like, like, white powdered wigs are like, no, Kevin, no, not again. <laughs> he maybe doesn't expect anyone to take him up on the offer. Oh then, yeah, but then he then he meets Big Was, and Big Was is up for everything and anything. Yeah, that's right. And I've got a couple of flintlock um, pistols. Oh, yeah, like tucked into your waistband. That's right. I said into pistols, your, into your pantaloons. <laughs> What'd you say? I said pistols or sabers, my good man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I'd just stand there with the like. I'd I'd press record for the podcast and just be like documenting everything that's going to transpire. I think that would be the hottest listenership that we've ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the title was just that. Big was Jules with Kevin at the pub. <laughs> with one glove, Kev. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're jumping over to the Philippines now. No. Oh shit! We're still stuck in the Czech Republic. Go. What have you got for us? 
Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll get through the rest of it. All right, so yeah, yeah. the chef, love a bit of fungal growth. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, no, so what they love is mushrooming. I know it seems a little odd, but it's a very, very popular pastime. It's a hardcore uh, extreme sport in Czech Republic, it, isn't it? It is. <laughs> the example I read was if no one's at home on St. Winston's last day, uh, they're most likely out mushrooming. It's, a, it's almost like a national pastime. Oh, okay, nice. So that's yeah. what I mean. They're just really down to earth folk. That's it. They just they like things like hobbits. Yeah, yeah. And I like calling them folk. You know, people like that are folk. Czech folk. Yeah, Czech folk. Yeah. Check <laughs> <laughs> it past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Ah, uh, that's good. All right. This is an interesting one too. The word robot. Oh yeah. Third- First hit the scene when uh, Czech writer Karl Kapek used it in a play to describe creatures that could perform all the work humans didn't want to do and had no soul. Ah, that's cool. I like that one. Yeah, his brother Josef was the one who suggested to use it for the famous title, Rosum's Universal Robots. So, yeah, the first use of the word robot. Wow. Okay, I like that one. That's I like those origin sort of stories about words and things like phrases and things like that. Well, who would have ever thought it? Yeah. Good Czech Republic. That's cool. Uh, my last little thing, which is a bit more is off, off to another direction, um, after a 2002 flood, the hidden lair of an alchemist was discovered underground. Oh. A mummified crocodile hung from the ceiling. Wow. And there was also a tunnel to make a quick escape into the woods when the Inquisitors came calling. Wow, that's cool. I like that one. Yeah, so the, the laboratory of an alchemist who, of course, would try and uh, turn lead into gold. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I like that one. That's cool. I didn't know that that well, I mean, I realised that it was a serious pursuit once upon a time, but I guess I don't think I've ever read much into it or realised that there was maybe solid history of it. I don't know. I sort of thought maybe it was one of those things people talked about. Oh, you know, did you hear about <laughs> One Glove Kev? He also loves to try and create gold out of lead. You know, yeah. like it, it's more spoken of but not um, seen proof of. So, yeah, to find this... Uh, Subterranean alchemy lair is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. With a mummified crocodile, did you say? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think they referred to it as the dragon as a kind of way of, um, you know, building up a certain air of uh, dark evil about the place. Yeah. Where it was just a mummified crocodile. But, yeah, it would have looked pretty cool hanging from the ceiling. It looks very cool, yeah. It's quite the decoration. Um, have, you, um, have you read The Alchemist? No. Oh, it's a good book. I haven't read it for, I only read it the once and it was probably about oh, over 10 years ago now by Paulo Coelho, I think his name is. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really, really good read. Um, all right, are we going to jump into Philippines now, Big Was? Nose dive into the Philippines, mate. You can start. All right, so from creepy things to creepy things in the Philippines. Um, okay, Creepy Cemetery. If you are looking for an eerie and interesting time in Manila, check out the Chinese Cemetery where the final resting places of residents are small houses. The shrines of the dead, uh, uh, and it says cough, wealthy dead, uh, are immaculate, and the cemetery is more like a small neighbourhood. 
Each resting place is different. Peek inside and you can find everything from tables to toilets. There are also apartments on the outer wall for those permanent residents with less money. Be respectful as the portraits of the deceased are to be admired and not mocked. If the Chinese cemetery leaves you want... Oh, sorry. If the Chinese cemetery leaves you wanting more unusual burial methods, head up to Sagada in the northern region of Luzon, about six hours from Manila. You can explore the area where ancestors were placed in coffins or large logs and hung or stilted on the sides of cliffs. Okay. Yeah. So like a little neighbourhood of dead people, like actual little houses and stuff with, with like a living room and kitchen and toilet and stuff. Well, that, that is interesting because from our conversation about uh, back in the Circle of Life series, yeah. you know, we, I think we discussed briefly something in the Philippines, maybe a different region, where it wasn't like this. It wasn't what you're saying, but it was about the families treating yeah, the... Keeping, de- keeping the body uh, alive, really, keeping the dead up and at them sort of thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, as if they were still an active part of the family, sitting there on a chair, you know, dressed, maybe cigar or something in hand. Yeah. So this takes it to a whole new kind of level. Yeah, well, the apartments on on the outer rim of the cemetery are for the people with less money. That's interesting. So you go, like, up an elevator or a flight of stairs to different houses, uh, different apartments, and it's just full of dead people. So is this, like... Is this like, it's to me, and there's, I don't mean any kind, well, I suppose it's going to come across mocking, mocking, but it's like the retirement home for the corpses once they're finished at the family home. <laughs> yeah. They've got even that much more life to them. So for the, for the five, ten years after they've died, um, they stay at the house with the family. They yeah. live on the porch, you know, they're at the back. They're sitting with them at the barbecue. And then... I don't know, perhaps when they get to a certain point of degradation or something, they then get moved into this facility where there's this little village. Yeah, very strange. It says here um, the only living resident of uh, the Chinese cemetery is um, Kevin, the one-gloved uh, barman. This <laughs> guy. He's all over it, this guy. No, but, yeah, very strange. Imagine wandering through the streets of that particularly, particular cemetery town. I'm, I'm sure that there's some kind of uh, hopefully subtle tourism around it because yeah. a lot of people that want that kind of dark tourism. Yeah, absolutely. Gives a whole new meaning to ghost town, doesn't it? Um, be intriguing. I'd definitely. Well, I I think I'm, I'd be intrigued enough to go for a little wander through it. Would you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. We could hold yeah. hands or something. You know. What's that? We could hold hands or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, mate, I'd, I'd be very – a lot more comfortable if you just had a hold on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe like a full embrace of each other as we as we tiptoe down like the main street of this dead cemetery town. Did it look more like a tango? Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. They're moving through, like sort of sidestepping while, while embracing. We'll pick up uh, one of the flowers. Like what are they – is it a lily that they have usually holding a lily or something? A dead – be yeah, we'll hold that and we'll do a full-on tango down the streets of uh, Cemetery Town. There's a certain romance to that, even though... You know, <laughs> Absolutely, about... yeah. Quite <laughs> 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 a visual, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the dead not applausing at all. No. Yeah. No. All right, over, over to you. 
Okay, so this is uh, this is just an interesting, more contemporary piece of news. Um, they've had a bit of a, the Philippines have had a little bit of a struggle with democracy since their uh, independence in 1946, um, and currently they have a, a leader called Roberto Duterte. Um, he has a bit of a hardline attitude to to gang violence, uh, to the control of, I guess, the population, making sure people are doing the right thing, in inverted commas. Um, but he basically said, "If you uh, this is about vaccination for COVID. Um, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I'll have you arrested and then I'll inject the vaccine in your butt. Oh, nice. Yes, he's a bit more, you know, he's a bit more hardline. Aggressive, yeah, that's okay. They Sometimes people need that, I think. That's right. So, there was a different story, and this is, I guess, on on a different level. Um, a Philippine a Filipino man died after police made him do hundreds of squats for a uh, curfew breach because they forced him to do more than three hundred squat like exercises as punishment for breaching lockdown rules. Wow! Yeah, I like that. That's, you know, that's good. I like that. Rather than, um, you know, any sort of prison time or anything like that, make him do something hard yards like that. That's cool. He died, though. (laughs) You think he learned his lesson? (laughs) (laughs) I think he's definitely learned his lesson, yeah. I think over the age of 40, he should be made to go down a a quite a hectic slide. Yeah, that can cause you all sorts of bother. Exactly. That'll teach him a serious. (laughs) That's right. You'll no longer be able to laugh. Lay down, sleep, eat, or breathe without discomfort. <laughs> That's pretty much the two functions you're left with. The only, um, the only thing I can do is swig wine, actually. Yeah, that's right, exactly. That's that's your other very activity that you're allowed to partake in. What was the, what was the president, what was his name? Uh, Roberto Duterte. Yeah, straight away I thought of the um, ACDC song, Duterte deeds done dirt. Ah, yeah, I'm here all night. I'm here all night. Uh, okay, the uh, the Filipino thing. Now, it sounds talking of dancing. That sounds like a dance, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Cl- now I'm going to screw up the names, but Clarita Villanueva and the diabolical thing. Clarita Villa, I'll just call her Clarita. Clarita was a 17-year-old illiterate child on the Epiristitata mother from Bacold. I don't know what that means. Who died when she was 12. Clarita became a vagrant in Manila, which led her her to being detained in jail by police in May 1953. Thus began her ordeal involving a violent entity called The Thing. Its appearance was presaged by stones pelting her while in her cell. Next, she woke up to find her right leg wedged inexplicably in her wooden bed. When the guard came to investigate, the wild-eyed Clarita pointed at the thing perched on a beam over her head. The big, black, curly-haired thing then promptly jumped on top of her and began biting her. As Clarita screamed in pain, prison officers who saw nothing tried to calm the tormented girl down. They asked her to pray before an altar in her cell, but as Clarita recalled later, the thing stood in front of her, mocking her. Those who saw the incident were convinced she was devil-possessed. 
The medico-legal Dr. Mariano Lara first suspected that the girl was biting herself. But when he saw with his own eyes that teeth marks appearing on her arms, he changed his mind. This was witnessed by Arsenio Laxon, then mayor of Manila as well. The attacks of the thing came to an end when TV evangelist Pastor Lester Samral succeeded in casting out the demons from Clarita. So that's weird. So teeth marks like appeared on her arms in front of the dude. That's that's weird, mate. I mean, you could definitely say that's a thriller from Manila. <laughs> hey, is Manila where they came up with the whole envelope thing? <laughs> What's an envelope? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, Manila Manila envelopes. They're like a it's like a color, a certain color of an envelope. It's like a, a weird beigey oh, sort of color. Yeah, you never heard of a Manila envelope? Manila folder. Manila folder, yeah. That's what I've always thought of them as. Oh, Manila folder, envelope. What is? Did it come from Manila, Warren? Is the question here? I don't know, mate. I don't well, know. you need to fucking find out. <laughs> All right, over to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's a couple of uh, short facts about the Philippines that I thought were interesting. Uh, as a nation, they love basketball. Ah, oh, yeah. So they actually have the, I think, the second largest basketball association after the NBA. Oh, right, okay, yeah, which is called the PBA, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, But as we are, you know, familiar with, I guess, seeing soccer is often played in many corners of the world. Yeah. uh, You know, on rooftops and down alleyways and so on, and same with cricket and, you know, through India and places like that. But, yeah, so in uh, the Philippines, basketball courts are pretty much everywhere. Um, Little ramshackle ones, nice big polished-up ones. In all sorts of um, areas, neighbourhoods and classes, they have, yeah, basketball courts. They love it. I I don't mean to sound racist at all, but when I think of Filipinos, I don't think height. Is that wrong? I, sorry, but I imagine them. I always think of them as a smaller sort of uh, stature, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess you're probably you're probably right. I mean, I, I'm not. I wouldn't have said the same. I don't think I've noticed specifically. I'm not saying they, like midgets can't play basketball. <laughs> right. Okay. We get to the crux of the matter. <laughs> Maybe the PBA have different rules. Maybe the basketball rings are installed at different heights. That'd be funny to see, though. Everything's slightly miniature. <laughs> Everything's a bit smaller. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's funny. They never play the NBA. Yeah, no. no. Um, all right. Oh, have you got some small facts for us, or do I've got one more story? It's the first one. <laughs> so they love Christmas so much... They often start, you'll hate this, they often start decorating their houses in September. Oh, my God, bastards. They love it. They love it so much. They love shopping malls and they love Christmas. So once uh, basically September comes round, all the Christmas stuff starts being sold in all the shopping malls and they lap it up. Wow. The Filipino people love it. Now, they lap up, mate. We had uh, we had um, Christmas in July a couple of years ago, and yes. I've got to say it was actually quite fun. We surprised the kids with it, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of cool to do something 
out of the ordinary like that. You know what I mean? I know, I think in America, Christmas in July, oh, is it? Is it America? Somewhere where they, it's quite a big thing. It's almost like, you know, um, Halloween. It's that, it's that quite well celebrated. But yeah, we just thought we'd, you know, just surprise the kids and we got the presents and we decorated the house and they woke up in the morning and it was bang. We were having Christmas Day. Well, that's lovely. That's a really nice idea. Yeah, it was cool. A little bit special. And was that, that was last year, was it? In the midst of all of this? Uh, I'm not sure if, I don't think it was last year. I think it was a year before. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, it was good fun. And uh, now they pretty much ask for it every year, and we say we're never doing it again. Yeah, yeah we, we, we can't afford the presents of twice a year, guys. Well, we've Just actually cancelled Christmas full stop now because we spent all our money on Christmas in July. <laughs> so now the kids are lucky if they get a meal. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you still look back on that fondly. That, oh, that... yeah, yeah. We got all the photos. Remember when we were eating kids? Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah. It was great. Now, just watch the distance between those two words. Mate. Eating kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did sound, when it when I said it, I thought, oh, that could be taken differently. <laughs> In comma and a question mark after kids, it would have all, all sort of come out a bit differently. <laughs> yeah. Okay, The um, now you wouldn't have known this one, mate. Uh, the national bird, do you have any thoughts on what the national bird of the Philippines might be? Ooh, let me think. It's a tropical area, quite quite hot, quite steamy. I'd say a penguin. <laughs> Close. Uh, it's monkey-eating eagle. Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> nice. Other one is the Philippine eagle, but I don't like that title as much. I oh, know, it's too hard to say. Philippine eagle. No, yeah. I don't like that. Philippine I, I, eagle, Philippine eagle, Philippine eagle. No, I don't like it. I'd much rather the monkey slaughtering eagle. <laughs> yeah, the monkey slayers. <laughs> monkey slayer is actually a great name for the. <laughs> it's a good name for a band, actually. Yes, <laughs> as a uh, a wingspan of up to uh, seven feet. So wow, it's a, that's a big bird. Yeah, it's massive. It's not big bird. It is a big bird. Let's just make sure we get our our language in there. It's a Philippine eagle. Philippine <laughs> eagle. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. They That's love cool. they love food and cooking, which I think we've probably discussed before. The eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love a little bit of Spanish cuisine. Nice. Yeah, the monkey eating eagles. Um, no, no. <laughs> and they also now this is a little convoluted, but I think it's widespread and very popular in the Philippines. The karaoke machine although invented by a Japanese inventor, yeah. was actually patented by a Filipino fellow. So it's obviously, you know, that's where it's really sold to the masses and become big business. Ah, uh, okay. They, they love a bit of karaoke. They've got tons and tons of karaoke bars. That's cool. It was painted by a Filipino, Roberto del Rosario. How is he? Uh, he's well. He's probably singing to his heart's content, mate. Yeah, he's probably loaded, or he was. He was, yeah. I'm sure he's gone the way of the dodo or the great monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mate, that's it. All right, my last one for the Filipines. Um, with this one, you know, it's a bit of a stretch as being from the Philippines, but it does sort of involve... I've, the title was Filipino man, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. 
Now, before I start this story, I'd just like to say that I embrace everyone and anyone, and doesn't matter which uh, country they come from, which color, the color of their skin, their sexuality, their religion, their political beliefs, whatever. I take people on who they are. Just wanted to say that before I get into this story, because I'm sure we're going to have a bit of a laugh. But yeah, we'll get you. We'll get your thoughts after Warren. Okay. So Tampa, Florida. Uh, so Florida man story. Um, Jardu. Born a white male named Adam, considers himself a Filipino. He even drives what is called, no, sorry, he even drives what he calls a tuk-tuk, an Asian-derived vehicle used for public transport in the Philippines. Jadu is part of a small but growing number of people who call themselves transracial. The term once referred only to someone or a couple of a one race adopting a child to another. But now it's becoming associated with someone born of one race who identifies with another. Jadu okay. says he grew up enjoying Filipino food, events, and culture. When it, and this is a quote. Whenever I'm around the music, around the food, I feel like I'm in my own skin, he said. I'd watch the History Channel sometimes for hours. Nothing else intrigued me more but things about Filipino culture. Discuss, Warren. Discuss. Okay, so I have a question. Go. Um, his name's Adam. His name was Adam. Now it's Jadu. Okay, so did Adam wear pastel pinks, purples, and whites and have a foppish bob cut? Um, it's funny you say that because he was in the picture I saw of him. There's actually a YouTube out there with him as well. Right. He's wearing kind of a tie dye blend of all of those colours. And his hair is probably more of a. Uh, shoulder length parted in the middle um, kind of look, if that makes sense. I don't know. So I guess if because, look, and, and I feel for the guy, because he couldn't claim to be from Eternia. Yeah. He chose the Philippines. That's right, yeah, which is close, uh, close a, to Eternia. It's a, it's a worthy it's a worthy runner-up, honestly. I, I would probably make the same decision too if I couldn't pass as an attorney. The sorceress in uh, the Philippines is actually a <laughs> monkey-slaying eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Because uh, the wingspan's about perfect. Yeah, yeah it's about that's right. right. That's right, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think look, I don't care. Who cares? No, like, I don't care. If you no. if you want to be if you're born a um, uh, a white man and you want to be uh, an African man, I, who cares? Like I don't think it's hurting anyone. I don't think it's disrespectful. I don't think it's anything. I think who cares? Like shouldn't even really be discussion. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. You can be whoever you want to be. It should be just a free, open range I think, world. I think yeah. I think there's a big difference between genuinely. Um, loving the culture and the people and the, the, the you know the practices so much that you just want to kind of assimilate yourself into it. Um, yeah. Compared to uh, doing any of that in a mocking way, and I think that you'd be able to see through that pretty quickly. So you know, if if this person was claiming to to want to be you know saw themselves as a Philippine man. Um, and you could see that it was just some strange act to, I don't know, to gain something or just to be quirky or to get recognition or, like, you could see through that pretty quickly. Yeah. So I think if it was genuine and they had a really clear love for everything about it, I'd say good on you. Why yeah, not? It does make me wonder, like, like you know, um, when I was a kid, right, 
I would, yep. I would um, say if I watched a cowboy movie with Dad, straight away after that cowboy movie had finished... I'd you identify my, as a cowboy. Yeah, I'd get my cowboy toys out, the cowboys <laughs> and Indians, I'd play with them, and then I'd, you know, get my toy gun and then put it in a holster, whatever. If I watched a, a war movie, same thing, got my army soldiers out and did that as well. Yeah. And I remember one time, just one time, we watched a documentary on otters, and I spent the <laughs> afternoon running around pretending I was an otter. So I wonder if it's a little bit of that going on. I don't think he wanted to be an otter, Luke. I think Jardu really <laughs> wants to be an otter in the Philippines. No. So you think what? You think that he spent a bit of time absorbing the culture and yeah. it's sort of the on-flow effect. It's that afterglow of like really enjoying it. I had some great meals. I've spoken to some great um, people from the Philippines and I just want to just have more of it. Yeah, I, I don't think, and and this is why I put the little thing at the beginning, because I, I don't want to tread on anyone's toes here, but no, I no. don't think it, it is paralleled with um, sexuality or, or, you know, like uh, being born a man but wanting to become a woman or anything like that. I think it's slightly different in my opinion. I think it's a passion, a love, um, uh, you know, a, a, an yeah. enjoyment level. I think it's Different. I don't think you just go, I don't think you wake up going, or, or sorry, as a little kid, sort of always thinking, no, I don't, I don't feel right in this family, in this culture. I really feel like I'm Filipino. I, don't, I think it's more of just a, a love for the culture and a love for the people and everything else that it draw, yeah. draws you in. You know what I mean? Well, I'm guessing, he, I'm, I'm not hoping that he didn't disown his family uh, from that because that's probably the other thing I would wonder because – you're essentially disowning the culture you have grown up from. Now, if he always felt a bit alienated from his own, then that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But yeah. um, And depends on the relationship with the people in his family and everything. But I suppose as long as you're not disowning them and just completely disregarding that and saying, oh, I've got a new family now. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my dad's Jose and my mother's Maria and, you know, we're all going to be happy. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any harm in that. Meanwhile, Adam's dad's at the pub with a glove waiting to fight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody Kev. Yeah. He's all always right. in there. We'll go to a uh, break. Have you, got, have you got any more on Philippines Big Was? No, I haven't. Sorry, Philippines. <laughs> we'll go to a quick break and we'll come back and talk about sheds. All right. Hey, guys, this is Matt. And this is Luke. From Star Wars Sessions all the way across the pond. And you are listening to Fly on the Wall Podcast or Fly on the Wall Podcast. What do we think about it, Bly Walker? Quality. Unbelievable. We love it. Keep it up and may the force be, be with, you. with you. Always. <laughs> so, Warren. Luke. I fucking love my shed. Yeah, I know you do, mate. You've been scaring me with your productivity. This journey is one of the best journeys I've ever taken on. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know what it is. It, I, 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 suppose, I think you needed it, mate. I suppose in a way it aligns itself with my love for like um, hobby stuff, like building models and things, but yeah, obviously sure. on a much bigger scale, like we've said. But... Yeah, I think it's to do with that. It's the creativity as well, like, and also using that that logic, logical mind, but also the creative part as well. Because the, you know, like we've said, there's nothing really square, and because we're using recycled materials and stuff, it's a 
bit for me to get my head around and maybe I don't always, I'm not, what am I trying to say? I, I don't think, I don't have a builder's mind, you know what I mean? So I don't I approach it like maybe a, a, a normal, <laughs> inverted commas, <laughs> in, normal builder would approach something. Of course, yeah. Um, but for me, that's kind of the fun part as well because I'm sort of going, okay, so I'm, I've run out of... Uh, brackets metal brackets yeah. so maybe i could use this chock of wood and screw that in and then put this on the side you know so so approaching it um what's the word i'm trying to think of laterally is that the word yeah, yeah. that's right you just go you're, you're thinking outside the square yeah you're, th- you're thinking right i still want to achieve this same outcome but i've only got this this and this to do it and then you, you come up with something yeah, and I, I can't get enough of it. As soon as I'm home, bang, I'm onto it. Like today, today was nice because um, I didn't have as long out there as I did the last couple of days on the weekend. But that, yeah. because I did the homeschooling and was and wanted to hang out with the little one, we went to the park and all that, where I injured myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but so I had maybe two or a bit over two hours out there or so. And but it was good. It was actually really productive today. I um, like I sent you some photos. I put them on Instagram as well. If you want to check it out, it's Fly on the Wall Podcast with an underscore between each of those words. I also um, I run my own little blog, mostly talking about miniatures and models and stuff like that, which is imperialrebelorc.com.wordpress. Uh, yes, but lately. <laughs> yeah, but lately it's been all about yeah. the dawn of the shed and, uh, yeah, where you can see photos and sort of behind the scenes uh, <laughs> uh, things about it. But, yeah, no, so I, I'm, I'm finding every spare hour I'm out there chipping away. Even if I'm just like, you know, on the weekend, like I told you, I was just working on the door jam and trying to get the door lined up perfectly, um, slapping some posts down and all that kind of thing, um, putting up some cladding, whatever, whatever it is, I'm just constantly thinking about it, talking about it, doing it. (laughs) No, I think it's great, mate. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that level of joy is coming through in the way that you're executing it because, now you've had to move across a couple of different materials because the the main uh, cladding materials, you know, obviously ran out a week or so ago. And uh, but you know now you've had your fence panels and you've been kind of doing a slightly different method. Yeah. And I think it's all working really, really well. And then of course uh, today you've you've done and yesterday you did your corrugated uh, steel. Yeah, that's right. I did that. Which is uh, looking great I, as well. I, I sort of loosely slapped it up yesterday, but then today I lined it up properly and, and bolted it in. You know, yesterday it was just a couple of screws to put it in place and just have a look at it. But yeah, today, yeah. So it's two sheets of corrugated, uh, like color bond steel that I had under the house. And as yep. soon as I saw them a few months ago, I thought, oh, they're, that, that'd be useful for something. I was yep. going to use them for a bit of a shelter for the dogs, but then I thought, now nah, screw the dogs. They've got their, <laughs> they've got their kennels. That's um, right. So, yeah, no, so I put them on today um, and also did some wall cladding as well. Um, I've been on the search for a – I've got my, you know, my $10 window that I've talked about from the tip. <laughs> yeah. Love that window, but I'm looking for something smaller. And I've sh- I've been struggling to find something because I want it to be roughly maybe three hundred by three hundred, mate. Like yeah, if, it's it, if it's small. if it's four by four or something, that's okay too. But nothing really much bigger than that. I just want a little side window next to the door. And I even started to try and think outside the box by getting glass like that's uh, used in like a picture frame or yeah. uh, glass from a fish tank. But then I thought, oh, that's that's I think what's called plate glass. So it's right. very, very thin, like sort of two mil, 
you know, yeah, two to yeah. three mil. So I thought, oh, well, that's probably not ideal. It's probably, it probably is better to get something a bit more standard, you know. Um, but I have found on uh, Gumtree, which is like a Craigslist here in Australia, um, I have found um, some double glazed um, sheets, 300 by 300, um, and he wants $20 per sheet. So I'm, I'm considering that. But, yeah, you got any thoughts on that, Warren? I would just use Perspex. Yeah, I thought about that as well, but I don't know. I kind of like the glass. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, the other window is a a proper window, and I suppose you want to keep up that idea that it's all legit and everything. I even thought about doing a a circular window, and I thought that might be a bit too ambitious for the likes of me, but I thought, oh, it could be an interesting challenge. But, um, yeah, or even if I did, had a square sheet, but then made the actual opening round, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a bit odd. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? So making a square base for it. Yeah, yeah, but so, then putting it in a round sort of fitting or something. Well, it's hard to explain. So making yeah, it almost like a making like a square frame, putting yeah. the glass in that and then putting an overlay of circle over the top of that, you know? Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes sense you, in my brain. You're cutting out the useful space of glass, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, look, yeah, if no, you no, had no. some glazier tools, obviously, you know, that would be great because then you could score it and, and cut it and what have you. But, yeah, it's all getting a bit well, dangerous. Well, actually, probably. I ended up watching a couple of YouTubes last night on how to cut glass without, um, like, a diamond tip cut, cutter and stuff like that and, and how to score and snap and... Um, and yep. you can actually soak it in water. Um, it has to be a certain temperature water. You can soak it in water and then cut it with scissors. Right. Never knew that one. That I was like, well, are you sure? But it, it like it, just run the, as in run the blade to a, score it across it. Yeah, and then it just right. sort of just and then just folds away. Like it was. I, re- I reckon. See you later, fucking windows. What's going <laughs> to happen there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's uh, that's for later on down the track, I suppose. Because well, we're going to do it soon because I'm I'm sort of up to that stage now. But yeah, I've still got to do the floor, still got to do the ceiling. Um, I'm actually considering now looking at it. Uh, now I've got sort of the basic four walls up. I'm sort of looking at yeah. it, going. You know how I'd use the pallets for the loft? Yes. I'm sort of looking at that thing. You want to put a ceiling in now? Yeah, because I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to lose some. I'm going to lose some heat up there. And I just think oh, it looks doesn't look quite right. Like I like the ramshackleness of it, but it just looks a bit too. I don't know what the word is, but just not quite right, basically. So now I'm, I, I kind of want to use the pallets for something though. But so I'm maybe like a porch. Just burn them, mate. Just burn the fuckers. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. <laughs> but it's all going to fire and heat, Warren. Do you want oh, to... exactly. Good segue. I was thinking the same thing. Do you want to talk us through what you've been up to? So, Big Wise, just for the people listening, Big Wise and I have been desperate to be in each other's arms, but also desperate <laughs> to uh, do some work on this shed together because that was sort of part of the plan. But then we've been hit with a uh, with a lockdown due to COVID. So, so we have been separated for quite some time. But, um, but yeah, do you want to talk? Uh, tell the people listening at home what you've been up to in your little shed. Well, I was a bit frustrated that I wasn't able to assist Luke in his building of Dawn of the Shed. Um, of course, I feel like I've been able to help by by salvaging and supplying, uh, you know, a certain amount of building materials, which has been good fun and uh, useful. Very useful, but, yeah. Yeah, but but I do like tinkering myself, and I thought kind of need a little project, a little project, a little project. We're talking about a wood heater, and uh, I was just looking online at different sort of 
I guess, purchasable wood heaters. And there's a few, like, fairly good, like, small camping wood stoves that you can buy that have, like, the whole setup and an extendable flue and all this, but still costs you a bit of money. Um, and then Luke and I, I think at different points, we were looking at what's available on Gumtree, as you mentioned before, like yeah. Craigslist, um, eBay, what have you. And the only thing that was even close to kind of being, I wouldn't say cheap, but affordable was this quite big, uh, I think maybe an old, was it an old stove or what do you think it was a propane tank or something? Adapted? I think it was, a, it looked like a stove to me. Yeah, so it, it was a more like a vertical um, can that it, yeah. you know that was a wood heater, but it did look quite sizable, and uh, I guess we were both a bit concerned that maybe that was a bit overkill and maybe take up a lot of space. Yeah, so and, just and, looking and, at different and, and options, I think, and I think heat up the room, the space too much. You know, kill everything inside <laughs> it. Yeah, I think it'd be a sauna in there. Bacteria to the fully grown forty-two-year-old men. You'd within be it. you'd be welcome to come over, but you have to bring your own like towel and <laughs> your own your own like pot of coal to throw water onto. That's right, and my own basting brush. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, oh. I then started looking at small uh, DIY kind of wood stoves, and a quite a popular one that that seemed to be popping up more and more was the fifty cal. Uh, ammunition box, um, you know, widely available from like dispar- uh, disposal stores uh, around the place. And I thought, oh yeah, because I'd bought a couple of those in the past to do my little amplifiers, like That's not right. the yeah. not fifty cal, but you know, a similar box. And uh, I thought, of course, that's perfect. That's actually a great little box. It's made out of very strong steel. Um, and it, it, it weather being turned into a, a wood stove quite well. So, um, yeah, I watched a bunch of different videos, got a bit of an idea of something that, because I'm not an experienced, well, I'm not a welder. I would say I'm not an experienced welder. I've never welded anything. Um, so I always try and find something that's been made without welds um, and then, take the one that I think looks the nicest, is the most practical, and maybe, you know, borrow a few ideas off a couple of different ones. And so, yeah, I've started. And uh, trying to keep the the dollar value low, because to suit the whole DIY aesthetic of it, um, it's at about 35 now, because the box was 25, and uh, Uh, I bought some galvanised... stuff to use for the legs and you know bolts and a couple of bits and pieces but i i managed to find a panel of steel last week on an old um ducted heating unit that had a cover but i mean the whole thing was obsolete and not used so i took this rusty old steel cover and i've cut that and made the little vent that you saw today luke yeah perfect um i bent it and traced it and cut it and did all that sort of stuff and i'm going to make a little ash uh drawer that will slide out underneath uh, as well with that. And then pretty much I've just got to find like a grill. So and a, down, a lot and of the ex- downpipe as well for the flu. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of, yeah, the piece of downpipe at the moment, but that'll be like a, you know, that doesn't need any adaption. It pretty much just goes on. Slotted um, in, yeah. yeah, so so as far as the stove goes, pretty much just going to find like a cookie cooler. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, cool. 
Yeah, because people look like as long as it's got a uh, a joining piece in the right spot, you can pretty much cut it to suit, and then the whole thing will just sit in there on a couple of bolts that are through the wall of the box. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the fire sits, slightly raised. The astral goes underneath. Um, you've got the vent on the front on the little clip that that shuts the lid. And that's also the entrance into the firebox. And then, yeah, voila. Oh, and then there's a little uh, flange on the back for where the flue can connect. So it's it's actually a really small little thing. But once it's all finished and I've got to try and locate some uh, fire rope, you know, that they seal up pot bellies and all that sort of stuff with because oh, it does okay. sort of recommend yeah. making them fairly sealed. For, so around the, really... for around the door and stuff like that. Yeah, so around the lid, so normally the lid has got rubber. You pull all that out because it's like a rubber gasket, so that's got to come out. And uh, you've got to then kind of try and take off as much of the paint as possible and then redo it um, in something that you can heat treat. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Slowly warming it up to uh, 250. Pot belly paint or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, so I'll see how I go with that process. Um, So there's a few things to do still, but, yeah, it's coming along nicely, and I've I've enjoyed having something that's portable that I can keep working on. Yeah, it looks brilliant. When I've got... Well, yeah, you can just literally just throw it in the the passenger seat of the car. So... um, that's been good because I think that works for me. Like I can just grab it out or I can think of it. And like you're saying, like every spare moment you're thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say every like. spare moment I'm thinking of it because um, it's, I don't know, but I'm always, I am thinking of it. It's just whether or not I'm working on it is, is another thing. But I did watch a lot more videos on it even after I'd started it because I was, I'm, I'm really obsessed with little mini wood stoves now. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? Because I think you and I are exactly the same that way, get really one-eyed about things. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you look up the history on my, like, YouTube on the telly, it's like it's like off-grid cabins, it's um, shed life, um, how, to, how to run power to a shed, um, how to heat a shed, best insulation <laughs> for a shed, how to install insulation in a shed, you know. It's crazy, but um, but love, I'm loving it. Absolutely, yeah, thoroughly enjoying myself. So I think as a bit of a recap for people um, or, you know, to let people know where we're up to. So so as Warren said, the heater, so, so on a percentage scale, where are we up to with the heater? How much more to go, you reckon? Oh, I reckon it's half done. Okay, beautiful. That's good. Yeah. And uh, with the shed, I reckon we're probably about 60%. Because yeah, I'm, I'd be saying so by the, the look of it. Because it's still, it's got the four walls up. I've left one wall um, sort of three quarters open just because I can duck in and out of that section rather than using the door at this stage. The door's right. installed. Um, so all four walls are up. The door is installed. One window is installed. Um, I've, I haven't done any bearers or joists for the flooring yet. That's probably going to be the next stage after I've finished the walls. Um, and like I said, now I'm considering doing a, a proper ceiling for the loft. I'm not going to climb into the loft it was only going to be strong enough to hold like boxes and stuff like that so it can be pretty lightweight to a degree um but yeah and then you know a lick of paint and uh, possibly some stain on the wood as well and she's good to go but like i said i might i might repurpose the um the pallets for a bit of a porch like a floating porch out, out front of the door. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, look, you know, you might end up with a whole bunch of uh, of palings or like plinth board or something, and it's a bit rustic for anything to do with the floor in the shed. But yeah. maybe it'll suit that little porch area. Maybe you can, yeah, turn yeah, your right. uh, turn your wasted skill because once you're done, mate, you are going to have some building skills that. 
going to need an outlet. So that'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll, be, that'll be the next one. It's funny um, because um, I like doesn't matter who I'm talking to, whether it's a client, yeah. a family member, <laughs> whatever. Tell them I just somehow <laughs> bring the shed into conversation. <laughs> They could be uh, they, a customer might be asking me about you know how, the best way to prune a plum tree. I go, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not too sure, but it's like the shed. I was thinking <laughs> about it. I was the best I'm way. I'm in my shed that I'm building, by the, the way. The best way to yeah. cut like these panels that I've got is. Uh, I tell you, I tell you a quick funny story as well. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I'd found these fence palings online. And all for free. They're just on the nature strip. So, you know, I emailed her, the lady, and she said, yep, you know, it's got to be contactless. There's no charge. Just come and take what you want. When I got there, I was surprised just how much there was. There's tons. Um, so I was like, beauty. Uh, then lockdown sort of happened as well. So I was like, okay, that threw a spanner in the works of getting back there. So I got one load, went back there for the second load the other day. But before I went, I emailed her again. I said, I'm sorry for the delay. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely still keen. I hope there's still plenty there. I'm going to come back tonight if that's okay and get another five, six, seven panels. And um, she sent back, yeah, no worries, that's fine. And then I emailed her again with some photos of what I've done. And I, because I thought she might be interested, you know, um, as far as like what I'm put, what I'm using them for. So I said, hey, her name was Nikki. I said, hey, Nikki. Uh, I said, just thought out of interest, you might, you might want to see um, what I'm using the panels for and sent just a couple of, you know, photos of the side of the shed and the window and stuff like that. Anyway, days and go by and I'm like, oh, she's, she's really not interested at all. And I felt a bit foolish for like thinking she's just like seeing it as rubbish like just yep just come and take the shit i don't care what you're doing just get the shit and get it off my lawn um but then yeah about three or four days later she emailed back and said oh my god this looks amazing so that was kind of nice but yeah it just made me laugh because those few days i was like oh, i'm an idiot like as if she, it's just a shed Luke. it's just a shed <laughs> Yeah, really, she's really she's like, oh god. Um, oh, yeah, looks, that this looks amazing. Yeah. Are you coming to get the rest of my fence? Do you wear a helmet when you walk along the street as well, Luke? <laughs> you that guy I drove past that was trying to go down the slide the other day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll come back with final thoughts. Okay. Hey, this is Jamingus from Instagram, and you are listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast with Luke and Big Waz. Check out Jamingus on Instagram for some free stickers at J-A-M-I-N-G-U-S underscore. And don't stop listening to the Fly on the Wall podcast. Peace. Uh, Warren, if someone wants to find us on that tweety thing. Ah, that would be on. Twitter, which is at flyonthewall, P-O-1. But you can also email us on... The Fly on the Wall Podcast 11 at gmail.com. And if they want to find our Instagram, Big Waz. Well, it's Fly on the Wall Podcast with an underscore between each of those words. Speaking of uh, Instagram, yeah, um, you can find pictures of the shed, but also find a, a great picture of Warren's little uh, ammo box wood heater. Um, our friend of the show, uh, Mr. Storm Bjorn, um, he alluded to the interesting fact that we've used an ammunition box as a wood yes. heater. And I did say we've taken the ammunition out. (laughs) (laughs) I've already spent all of my ammunition on my last 
all-out slaughter <laughs> yeah. of uh, civilians up in yeah northern Queensland. Oh, I thought you were going to say monkeys. Because no, 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 your people. Slaughter, your slaughter eagle, your monkey slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> what have you No, um... no, thankfully the Aussie disposal stores don't sell them fully loaded. So that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. yeah, thoughts on tonight's show, Big Wands? <clears throat> I think uh, learning about the Czech Republic and Philippines was a very rewarding experience. Um, and I also really do like indulging in our pursuit of our shared interests at the moment. <laughs> It's a nice little um, escape from the COVID situation, I think. I don't know. There's something about it that alludes to, yeah, I think we've already mentioned it, but, you know, the, the tiny house living, the kind of DIY aspect, the uh, being a bit more isolated and just making do with uh, some, you know, rehashed materials. It's something very primal and appealing about the whole thing. So, yeah, it fills me with a certain amount of joy. It's it's raging against the machine, isn't it, Warren? It is raging like a motherfucker against the machine. As much as two middle-aged men wearing bloody flannelette shirts and falling off slides and injuring themselves can muster. Well, mate, I'd still say that breaking your ribs on a slide is raging against the machine. I mean, (laughs) millions would disagree. I think it's more, instead of raging, I think it's more like quietly sort of... um, (laughs) Quietly protesting. (laughs) Quietly complaining, you know. (laughs) I want to do that. Couple more years, I'll be writing a very angry letter to the council. <laughs> the condition on your slides and the lack of ergonomic benefits for the over forties is quite frankly depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly yeah. the level of terseness I'll be using. <laughs> I look forward to reading a copy of that letter when you do send it. No, no, it was good times, mate. It was good. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it was random. I think it was a bit strange to go, let's tackle the Czech Republic and the Philippines. But it was was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to next week when we cover some other random countries that follow us. So (laughs) so just to reiterate, these countries are like uh, possibly 1% of listenership. Um, so we possibly know, less. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like the fact that we're an international podcast. That gives me That's a little, right. it gives me a little pep in my step. And uh, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show as as usual. And um, yeah, onwards and upwards to episode one twenty next week. Be was. I didn't even really register that it was one twenty next week. Holy shit! One fucking twenty. Um, I'm hoping. Now I probably shouldn't mention it. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I'm going to get some information from a lady. I won't mention any names just yet. Um, But I was, because I was sort of ranting and raving about Masters of the Universe on Instagram, uh, someone had commented about the fact that she had worked on the 1987 movie, I think it was, uh, with Dolph Lundgren, uh, Masters of the Universe. She'd worked in the lighting department. So I'd sort of bang straight onto that and and DM'd her and said, look, you know, any kind of stories or information you can give us about your experiences working on that show would be amazing and I'll slot it into the show. So that's that's a fingers crossed kind of thing. I haven't heard from her yet, but... Uh, or she had replied to that message and said she'll speak to her boss about it. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to wait and see for that. But that would be kind of cool. But we'll see. That would be awesome. So it could be possibly a He-Man special. <laughs> <laughs> could be. While we cover, you know, uh, Zimbabwe and Kenya. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect variation to the show. So that's been us. That's been Flying Wall Podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode and you've listened to others and you've enjoyed those also, please feel free to jump onto iTunes, give us a bit of a, 
uh, review, um, one star, two star, three star, whatever star you want, just give us something. And it all helps us sort of um, bump the queue a little bit so other people just like you can find us. But if you don't want to do that, then just spread the word. Go and tell your friends and family and countrymen. Tell the dude in Philip in Philippines who was born uh, Adam from Eternia but wants to be uh, <laughs> He-Man of the Philippine world. That's um, right. Yeah, but be good to yourselves. Be good to your goats. And tell that guy that keeps coming up to you in the pub with a little white glove and trying to slap everyone randomly and threaten them with jewels. Tell him as well, because you know what? He needs some. Uh, he needs some pep in his step as well. See you next week for episode one hundred and twenty here on Fly on the Wall podcast. Toodles. Uh-huh.